You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. We're reveling in the light of the Lord. Woo! Praise God. Then we take our eyes off of Him, and the next thing we're looking around others and comparing ourselves to others. One minute, in a blink of an eye, what about them? We're always concerned about someone else, someone else's walk, someone else's prayer life, someone else's whatever. We listen to a message and we say, boy, this is for them. I got to get this CD because this is for them. I got to give them that CD when in reality, you're listening to it, and it's for you. Sometimes in ministry, you'll be tempted to compare your life, your call, your resources with someone else. But as Pastor Dave teaches today, God wants you to simply keep your eyes on Him alone. Don't waste energy and strength looking around at others. God will give you exactly what you need for your particular season. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 21 as he continues his message. What is it to you? You follow me. It was a challenge. Follow me. He just told Peter what manner he was going to die. Did this excite Peter? Or did it make him fearful? Doesn't say. See, the follow me is in the verb. Now, you have to understand that written in the Greek, it's different because they have different language formations and things. But the way this is written, it's written, continue to follow me. Don't stop following me. Continue on in following me. Wow. Peter, follow me even though you know what kind of death you're going to have. Wow. How about you today? We don't know our end. We know it will end, but we don't know what end we will come to. But if you knew, if you were told what you were going to suffer for Christ, would you still follow the Lord? This is what Jesus is asking Peter. Peter, you're going to die. You're going to be crucified. Follow me. It's a command and a challenge. Follow me. We know that Peter did. But someone else was called this way. In Acts 9.16, listen to what Jesus says. I'm going to read Acts 9, verses 15 and 16. This is after Paul's encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus was speaking. Now, after that, he goes to a man named Ananias. And Ananias is there, and the Lord speaks to him, and he tells him that there's this man named Saul who's praying. And you're to go to him and talk to him. And Ananias comes back and says, Lord, are you kidding me? This guy's killing Christians. Why would I want to go to him? And Jesus says this in verse 15. Go, for he, speaking of Paul, is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must 
suffer for my name's sake. And we know that Paul went. We know that Paul followed Jesus to the end. And we know that Paul suffered many, many, many things. You can read about it in the Corinthian letters. So Jesus is saying to Peter, will you follow me even though I just told you you're going to die that way? Will you follow me even though you're going to suffer these horrible things? Did Jesus' words, follow me, bring back memories for Peter? A time when he first met Jesus and he was so enamored by Jesus, when he was so in love with Jesus, wanting to follow him anywhere, wanting to follow him everywhere. A time when, when all he wanted to do was see Jesus. All he wanted to do was hear him speak. All he wanted to do was, was be with him and, and protect him. Yes, he would follow Jesus. And we know from Scripture, including the two epistles that he wrote, he would become a great leader and a great faithful man. And he would lead many others into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He would be the first one to go to the Gentiles at Cornelius' house. What a beautiful, beautiful scene here between Jesus and Peter. At this time, it seemed like Peter had everything going for him. It's like at this time, Peter was back up on the mountain of transfiguration with, with Elijah, Moses, and Jesus. He, he, he was on a mountaintop experience. Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's build a tent for each of you. Oh, Peter, you were that far from a clean getaway. That far from a clean getaway, Peter, but why did you have to open your mouth? Oh, Peter, you're so much like me, <laughs> or I'm so much like you. Look at verse 20. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who will betray you? 21. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? <laughs> oh, Peter. Peter, 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 you've just been restored to apostleship. You've just been restored to leadership. And now... Jesus challenges you to follow him no matter what you're, how you're going to die. Peter doesn't even say, I'll follow you, Lord. He doesn't even say that. <laughs> he can't get that out of his mouth. No. Peter looks around, and there's a familiar face, the one who Jesus loved. Now, we know this is John because he always introduces himself as the one Jesus loved. Peter looks around and sees this guy. Oh, that's the one who laid his head on Jesus' breast. And Peter says, what about him? <laughs> what about him? Oh, Peter. Peter, you took your eyes off the prize. You took your eyes off the prize and you placed them on a man. Remember on the Sea of Galilee when the Lord walked out to the boat and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. Peter jumped out the boat and he started walking to the Lord on top of the water. And all of a sudden, the waves got a little hairy, and Peter looked down, and he sank like a rock because he took his eyes off Jesus. He took his eyes off Jesus. And once again, Peter takes his eyes off Jesus, and his old flesh kicked in. His old self kicked in, and he never missed a beat. What about him? This is what happens when we take our eyes off of Jesus. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, our flesh is just waiting to pounce on us. 
One minute, we're reveling in the light of the Lord. Woo, praise God. Then we take our eyes off of him, and the next thing, we're looking around others and comparing ourselves to others. One minute, in a blink of an eye, what about them? We're always concerned about someone else. Someone else's walk, someone else's prayer life, someone else's whatever. We listen to a message and we say, boy, this is for them. I got to get this CD because this is for them. I got to give them that CD when in reality, you're listening to it and it's for you. We love to compare ourselves to others. I'm not like that or they're better than I am. We compare homes, we compare cars, we compare lifestyles, we compare occupations, we compare this, we compare that. We're always looking to the other person. We look at people who are hurting in times of affliction, in times of want, and we say, boy, look at them. person who says, why am I hurting? Why am I in this pain? Look at that person. He's just cruising along. Nothing's wrong with him. Not knowing what that person's going through. Not knowing the troubles that they've had to deal with. The next time you're in this pity party, listen to the words of Jesus in verse 22. Jesus looked at him and he said, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. He made it quite clear, and he's making it clear to us today, folks. What is that to you? You follow me. In other words, Peter, mind your own business. The relationship you have is between Jesus and you. It's a personal relationship, and it is geared to you and to your needs and to your abilities, just like my relationship to Jesus is geared to me and my abilities and my needs and my wants and the Holy Spirit working into me. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are to work out it. I can't worry about you. Regardless of the circumstances that are undergoing in life, we are called to follow him. What is it to you? Peter, you're going to die one way, and John's going to die another way. And like I said, tradition says Peter was crucified upside down after he watched his beloved wife crucified. John was put in boiling oil, but he survived. He was sent to prison on Patmos, and he died of an old age. Regardless, Jesus wanted them both to follow him. And that's his call to us today. What is it to you? Follow me. That's what Jesus is saying. We're called, regardless of what season we're going through in our life, coronavirus or not, follow Jesus. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the afflictions, regardless of the trials, whatever it is, regardless, follow him. Are you a stay-at-home mom? Follow Jesus. Construction worker, follow Jesus. School teacher, follow Jesus. Nurse, caregiver, etc., etc., etc. Whatever job you're in, whatever season of life you're in, young, middle, or other, follow Him. Whatever you do, follow Him. Don't worry about the other guy. Don't worry about your nationality, your ethnicity, what side of the tracks you come from. It doesn't matter. Follow Jesus. Your past may be scarred. Whose isn't? Whose past isn't scarred with horrible things? But your present and your future can be healed. Follow Jesus. Life isn't about the best hand you're dealt with or how to deal with the worst. It's about being obedient 
to God through Jesus Christ at the hand you were given. Stop worrying about the other person. Stop worrying about them. I can't make you be like me, and nor should I expect you to, and you can't make me be like you, nor should you expect me to. That's the way it is. See, this was a gentle rebuke of Peter, and he wanted to remind them that his job was only to follow him and not meddle in other believers' lives. We're to follow Jesus. Stop looking at other Christians and get distracted by our circumstances or their circumstances. When we get distracted by what other people are doing or what they're not doing, our eyes are off Jesus. Our eyes are off Jesus and we can sink like a rock just like Peter did in the sea. We're to keep our eyes on Jesus and Jesus alone. However, this does not mean that we ignore others. It doesn't mean we ignore others, especially in their time of need. There is a responsibility that we have towards other. Paul makes this quite clear in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Paul says, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection of mercy... Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. We're to be others-centered. Yes, we are. But first, we have to push away selfish ambitions. We have to push away conceit. We can't be a Pharisee and say, I'm glad I'm not like that person. That's pharisaical. That's legalism. We can't be high-minded or self-absorbed. We will have a concern for others as we follow Jesus, as we follow him. Paul, in this writing, doesn't tell us that it's wrong to look out for our own interests. But we need to look out for others interested well. Instead of ignoring others, we must not permit our curiosity about them to distract us from following the Lord. Each of us is called to follow the Lord on our own. God has a plan for you, Christian. God has a plan for you. He also has a plan for your other brothers and sisters in Christ. And how he works in their lives is his business. Our business is to follow him as he leads us by the Holy Spirit. Jesus asked Peter, what if he remain till I come? What is that to you? Jesus answered Peter's question with a challenge. Peter was going to destined to be die on a cross. Jesus wanted Peter to consider that possibly he might have an entirely different destiny for John. He might have an entirely different destiny for you and I. If he tarries, I hope the one destiny that we all have is heaven. I hope the one destiny we all have is being together once again in the heavenly arms of Jesus Christ. That's what I hope that our destiny is. And in that, we can all rejoice because that's the same in all of us. Regardless of what happens here, I hope that we get there. And I hope it's soon. I hope we all go up together. Peter had to consider what Jesus was now requiring him of him. 
What's Jesus requiring of you today? Now, Jesus puts on our heart as individuals different things. He may put on our hearts collectively as a church to do things, but he certainly puts on our hearts as individuals. The church is made up of many individuals. Many people come to me and go, Pastor, this is what we should do. And they tell me their plan. And when they tell me that, I say, that's a great thing for you to do. I'll help you any way I can. Don't you think if we're to do that, the Lord would tell me? Now, if they tell me something, and I go back and pray about it and check in Scripture, and the Lord confirms it to me, that's a different story. We have to consider what is required. We have to know that God deals with each of us differently. But his love is the same. His mercy never ends. He is long-suffering and abounding in love, abounding in grace. John feels the need to clarify this statement because many, many people, many, many people during that day thought, John's not going to die. He's never going to die. Jesus is going to come back and John's going to be alive. Well, there's kind of a, I don't want to trip you up and I don't want to get you confused, but sometimes John is a type of church. John is type of the church, and the church is waiting for Jesus to come back. But John clarifies his statement in 23. He said, Then this, this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple, talking about himself, would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? So he clarifies this statement, and one reason John added this verse was that many, many had a rumor going out that he wouldn't die, but that's not what Jesus said. So John corrects Jesus' words and says, this is it. So, like Peter and John, someone else may live longer than we do. That's God's business, not yours. Follow him. You may know someone else who seems to have more blessings than you do. Don't worry about it. Follow Christ. There may be someone whose life you are troubled by because they seem to have many more burdens than you do. Why has God allowed them to suffer so much? Why they seem to have, you have an easier path? You can't change anything by worrying about it, Jesus said in Matthew 6. God will give each of us the grace we need. His grace is sufficient to get us through. We follow him. Bottom line, that what God does or does not do for you in relation to other people will not always make sense. doesn't always make sense. Don't compare yourselves. Every person and every situation is different, and God has individual plans for everyone to further his purpose and to glorify God. That's our main purpose. One of the worst things we can do is compare and contrast ourselves with other people and ask questions, say, why? You can't know. God is sovereign. And it's beyond our comprehension. You go crazy worrying about it. So stop worrying about it, Christian. Follow Jesus yourself as hard as you can. You can only trust God's plans are appropriate for us in his will. His command to you is just like Peter. Leave all the rest to me. Follow me. Follow him today. Just like Peter. Since we've heard this, we need to decide whether or not we'll follow Jesus. It comes up to a decision, folks. Will you follow Jesus? 
It's a challenge for every disciple of Jesus and every Christian. Will you follow Jesus on a continual basis? We know that everything is equal. No one suffers anything that somebody else doesn't suffer. It's all common to man. Jesus' challenge to Peter and his command is just as true today. Follow me. You may say, why should I? Maybe I don't want to. Maybe I, don't want, I want to be my own captain. I want to be the captain of my own life. I know what's best for me. That's good. God will never pressure you. He has given us free will to choose. But he is offering you eternal life. He is offering you everlasting life through his son, Jesus Christ. Why would you turn that down? Why would you give that up? We're all going to live forever. And we have the opportunity to choose where we're going to spend eternity. You can spend it with the Lord in heaven, worshiping and and loving him. Or you can spend it in outer darkness at a place we called hell. Always separated from God. It's your choice. God's not going to violate your free will. Jesus is offering salvation. He's offering freedom from sin that so easily ensnares us. He's offering freedom from the bondage that sin has on you. He's offering you an abundant life. He's offering you peace with God and the peace of God. Why would you turn that down? He is offering something that the world will never deliver. The world can only bring you disappointment, despair, and hopelessness, and eventually death. But Jesus is the way to God. He's the truth of God, and he is the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. What he offers, the choice will always be yours, Christian. Always be yours. God works with us on that individual level, that personal relationship. Jesus calling your name today and saying, come to me. Are you heavy laden? Are you burdened? Come to me. Come to me and I'm going to set you free. I'm going to change burdens with you because my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Jesus is calling you today. He's calling all Christians today with two simple words, follow me. Maybe you have been too concerned about the business of others. Remember I said when Oswald Chambers told us to be consciously dependent on God? As we follow him, we become consciously dependent upon him. And he is sufficient for everything we need because in Christ, God has given us all things for life and godliness. For those who would believe, draw close to the Lord today. Allow him to show you through his spirit what to do, how to do it. Confess to the Lord your sin. Confess to the Lord your unfaithfulness. Confess to the Lord. He knows that you're a failure and he loves you anyhow in spite of your failures and wants you to come to him. He will guide you through. He will place his spirit within you. And if you pray and ask for the spirit to come upon you, he will place the spirit upon you and give you the power to be his witnesses. God wants to do that today, Christian, in your lives. You are a the book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the Messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.